Hachi Arm Dream Show with Glenn. And Drew. And Daryl. And Gabe. Wow, it's a full house today. So exciting. We talked about a fun topic today. It is a special treat because everyone's here to talk about this topic. Oh, thanks to all of our patrons for supporting the show. Thanks to our new patrons. We had a a couple new patrons um, recently. If you don't get your swag, make sure you email Drew and let her know so that they can definitely send you, or she can definitely send you, I mean, some cool swag. Um, Drew at trainingaz.com so that she can get your cool new stickers and patches and all that jazz sent out. Uh, new Independence Training stickers coming. We're pretty excited. Uh, Whiskey Rebellion stickers based on the patch but with a little zing on them. So we got those coming soon. They're going to be small, too. We went with the smaller size oh, ones. Did. Yeah, that way they look – that way they're, like, reasonable. I always hate when a company gives me this badass sticker it's and it's, huge. like, four fucking inches. I'm like, where the fuck am I going to put this, dude? Yeah, you give me a small cover sticker. cover everything up on your water bottle, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> I give me a small sticker. I'll put that on my gear. I'll put that on a – you know, I'll, I'll put that somewhere. But you give me a huge fucking sticker. It's, like, huge patches. Same thing. I'm like, you give me a massive patch. I can't, I'm, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Well, then on the other side, you have like the Black Hills design sticker, which is like the size of a dime. It's, it's literally tiny. like the size of a fucking quarter. So we, we bought these really, really badass Ranger cards from uh, Black Hills Designs. Really, really fucking cool yeah. cards. And uh, yeah, they're really neat. And then they sent us their stickers, which are also kind of neat because they're literally the size of a quarter. Yeah. And it kind of makes me want to make... Some independence training stickers that are that fucking big. Because it it was so easy. I'm like, I know. I have a thousand places I can put this sticker. You know? It's pretty cool. I liked it. So, anyway. Um, Something we forgot to report on last time, but I wanted to mention the importance of was uh, fire extinguisher training for your kids. You know, this is something that I admittedly have neglected for the last few years. And we had a situation where uh, one of the kids let a, just let some oil burn on the stovetop for longer than she should have. Didn't catch on fire or do anything like that, but obviously created a hazardous situation. Pretty it close. Was, it was yeah, it was, close. it was filling kind of the house full of smoke. But uh, point was, once she was questioned, okay, what would you have done if that caught on fire? The answer she gave was you know, totally wrong. So what we did is we actually came here to our office building. We went out behind the office. So find a place where you can safely do this. And we started, you know, we got a couple of fire extinguishers, different sizes, both the little small ones and the nice big ones like the hoses. And we wanted to show the kids how easy it is. You know, there's no recoil or anything like that. There's no blast from a fire extinguisher. But there's definitely a method to using them. You know, if you want to aim at the base of the fire, sweep back and forth, and you want to use the whole fucking fire extinguisher. I don't like doing the little, you know, blast, blast, blast. You're not extinguishing. You're trying to smother this motherfucker, lay it on thick, you know? So it was great because everyone got a a chance to put out fire with the fire extinguisher. And what we were able to show them was we took and started like an actual fire and got a a good flame going and had them put that out normally. Okay. That made sense. But then I took uh, one of our old pans and to, because I couldn't heat up oil, I just put gasoline in it and then lit the gasoline on fire. So now we've got a fucking liquid fire going on in the in the pan, and I'm like, all right, guys, how do you put out a fire? Oh, we can use dirt or sand. I'm like, fucking go ahead. So they grab, start hand, grabbing a handful of sand, throw it in there, splash, right? And now, they're, now there's more fire, but now fire is all over the place. I'm like, what else? They're like, put it out with some water. And I'm like, go ahead. They throw some water in there, splash, more fucking. They're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, now get the fucking fire extinguisher and put out the fucking fire. And they got the fire extinguisher and put out the fire. And so the point being is don't. Take for granted what you know, if you even if you even know what the fuck I'm talking about here. If you've never used a fire extinguisher, 
to me, that's like the whole gun thing. It's like people who own guns and never shoot them or have med kits and never use them. Like you're just like that. That's a useless magic talisman you own there. Fire extinguishers, I believe for most people are, are magic talismans. Fire extinguishers are not that expensive, 20, 30 bucks. And people are like, oh yeah, but that's like, dude, you go to the range, you blast through more ammo than that in like a mag or two. So go to the fucking Home Depot or whatever, get a couple of fire extinguishers, go start a fire, you and your family learn how to put fires out with the fire extinguisher. How stupid would you fucking feel if you had fire extinguishers in your house and your house burned down because no one knew how to pull the safety pin and put out a fire? Like, you deserve that. If your house burns down with fire extinguishers inside and nobody inside knew how to use a fire extinguisher and that's why the house burned down, you fucking deserve everything that happens next. Get a fire extinguisher, learn how to use it. It's not that fucking hard. And it's a relatively cost-effective thing. We bought, you know, three of them or whatever cost us, 100 bucks. Well worth it. Well worth it that buy fire extinguishers and have the kids learn how to use them effectively on fires, not just spraying them out of the fucking air. That doesn't do anything. Show them how to put real fires out. So uh, something I had neglected for a while, admittedly, I can encourage you guys definitely to fucking do it. It made a difference for the kids and it was fun. It's a good time. They like doing that stuff. It's a good time. It's always fun playing with fire. Oh yeah. They had a great time doing it. Uh, I had a, <laughs> Coyote Clinic this last weekend. I enjoy teaching Coyote Clinic because it's something I only get to do like once every year, sometimes every two years. Uh, I had a great group of students. Um, we went out early in the morning before class started, shot a coyote, brought it in. So everyone got to start the class by, you know, learn how to skin and take care of the animals. And we went out and did our stand thing. At the end of the day, got everybody together, split them off into groups, went out and did real stands with them, even managed in a learning environment to call an animal in. Um, on one of the stands, <clears throat> student, uh, well, it was a firefight, and uh, there was no dead animals. But they learned some really important fucking lessons about uh, understanding holdover and the excitement of what happens when an animal shows up. You know, shooting a target and shooting a living thing are two very different things, but a lot of fun uh, going out there and, and teaching county clinics. So if you missed out on it, sorry, it only comes around like once a year, but maybe look for it next year. We will be doing another hunting class for the alumni group because we had a lot of people request it uh, who didn't get a chance to do it. So definitely check on the alumni form. We're going to be putting that together again. Since Daryl's here, I wanted to uh, tell him – Congratulations on the air for jumping again. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Daryl's out uh, doing his jumping thing. Um, 15 jumps last week? 15, yep. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Show Great. me some videos of yeah. it. It's rad. It's good. I'm glad it's invigorates you. Yeah. yeah, seven years gone and getting back current again. Yeah. yeah, fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, and Daryl's like right back to jumping, would you say 13,000 feet, jumping with all his cool fucking gear, doing all these. He showed me the video of him. He's like, doing all these flips and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're real rusty there, pal. I went into a wind tunnel and slammed against the wall like six fucking times. So, <laughs> yeah, you're not that rusty. Looks good. Oh, we got a ton of upcoming independence training courses. So if you guys are looking to try to train with us, man, do we have tons of stuff on the calendar for 2024. Uh, we still have lots of stuff left this year, including our Out With A Bang event, which still has plenty of room in it. We're going to be doing team-based communication. You don't even have to have a team. You can shoot with another one of the students, uh, who, whoever's there. But it's going to be two-person teams. But if you got someone you can come to the class with, that would be even better. And we're going to have to be in separate locations on the range using you know radio comms back and forth. So it's going to be a really cool opportunity for you guys to come out and practice those kinds of things and learning some basic tactics like we were talking about last week on the show. Oh, man. On to the news. I think we're definitely going to end up in war again. 
thanks to watching the new U.S. Army recruiting video, which is basically adult. What? What are you fucking the guys laughing about? <laughs> Me. Uh, True. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> I took a sip of my drink and it was not what I was expecting. Oh, have you never drank one of those before? No. Oh, that's a fucking zipper. Yeah, I, I drink those. Remember, everything I drink that's like that may not be best for you, my dear. <laughs> I just made. <laughs> oh, yeah. True's over there in the corner. She's like, <laughs> I think she just drank battery acid or something. <laughs> it, if you haven't had one of those, it's not too far off of drinking battery acid yet. I love them, but yeah, they're a little little heavy for you. Uh, yes. Yeah, why don't you try something else? You can pass it over here. I'll drink it. Yeah, that's what. When you when you brought it and when it showed up, I was like, this ought to be interesting. She's never had one of those before. So. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, so yeah, the new army recruiting video is white straight men. And in the in the pre uh, jumping out of uh, doing a, a helo jump out of a Chinook, and uh, in the past, especially for the past few years, it's been like all the fags and transgenders and the feel good shit and the you can do it and believe in yourself and all that shit. And now they're all like white straight men win wars, and that's the whole fucking recruiting video. And if that offends you, I don't give a shit because that is what this fucking I didn't make the video. I'm just telling you what's in the video. And these are, I'm not saying all these dudes are badass warriors. They don't necessarily look that way. But I'm saying that there is a very distinct change between the previous recruiting videos and these ones. Turns out you don't want all the little fruitcakes and trannies in your fucking military because they don't know how to fight a goddamn fucking war. And they're no good at violence. And they suck at all the things that you need in order to kick the fucking shit out of your enemy. Those fucking fruits can't do shit about it. I just think it's funny that once shit starts to get real, all the fucking narrative and woke shit goes right out the window. Right out the fucking like the window. First thing to go. Oh yeah. What's well, uh what what's the uh Bill Burr, one of my, my favorite comedians, got this whole bit about, you know, being like the feminazi lesbian chicks who were all like, Oh, I don't need a man, whatever. Like, yeah, but if you're the fucking bitch on the Titanic and the ship's going down, you're twirling your pigtails. <laughs> I'm just a girl. Can I get yeah. on the boat first? He's like, yeah, exactly. That's the fucking reality of things. You don't see those people out there kicking in fucking doors and shooting bad guys in the face. Now they want the toxic masculinity. Now they want that talk. Everyone, as soon as it's time for some fucking shit to get fucked up hardcore, all of a sudden we want toxic masculinity back. Yeah, I love that thing where it's like there was no feminists on the Titanic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not even – new age feminism is not even what feminism was at its be- no. at, at its core. Like not the worst – in my opinion, and granted, yeah, I'm a male, but in my opinion, the the greatest enemy to other mm-hmm. women is other women. Mm-hmm. They do, you know, if you are a young woman right now and you want to homestead or be a traditional wife, you are completely ostracized by the other women and mm-hmm. who, who yep. are supposed to be all about your choice and all of that stuff, but yet no, they no. put you down for your it, It's only my body, my choice when it has to do with something that they want. Yeah. That, that when it comes to like COVID shots and shit, fuck you. It's no longer your choice. Yeah. If you want to be a either. slut and go around and get a fucking pregnant a bunch and then slaughter your fucking innocent baby with an abortion because you're an irresponsible, stupid piece of shit, which I hope offends a lot of fucking people because I think people who abort babies for literally no fucking reason other than their own selfishness should be strung up and fucking blood eagled, which if you don't know what a bloody blood eagle is, go ahead and fucking Google that shit. All right. But I like that. Kind, but you want to be that. And then you want you want me to defend your right to do that, but then you don't want to defend my right to do what I want to do with my body. 
How about my body, my choice when the draft is instituted? Oh, dude, there ain't gonna. (laughs) Well, dude, it was that huge fucking news article not that long ago. But all these freaking ladies who were all about like, wait, wait, what? Oh, we're gonna be included? Yeah. Oh yeah. You you want equality? This is what fucking equality looks like. Yeah, I think it's funny too. Like, oh, you want oh you want to fight you you want to go fight Hamas or Palestine or whatever, but you want someone else to go. Oh, okay. You want to you want to go defend? Oh my God! You know what just popped in my head, Gabe? That fucking yoga video you sent me. Okay. Yeah. Has anyone seen Good this Lord. fucking video? So, white women never fail to <laughs> surprise me with the stupid shit that they will do. Basic white bitches are the most amusing yeah. people on the planet. So, <laughs> what we've got here is essentially, how many people do you think were in that video? A thousand? Easily. Maybe more? Uh, Brain easily. dead. Specifically white women. It really was a lot of white women, yeah. It really was. They're all doing yoga with an image of a kidnapped by Hamas kid taped with like fucking packing tape to their stomachs Uh, and on their yoga mats and on their yoga mats and this is literally the we're starting a petition to stop the war and then Mm. you know the meme where it's like oh my god guys we have to stop the white women signed a petition it's Mm. literally that in real life the meme has come to life and that's exactly what they were doing they were like on the they were on a pier somewhere some shitty fucking city probably and uh and they're literally it was like they're we're doing yoga to stop the war yeah it's just as good as the you couldn't, the pick, you couldn't pick a more ironic fucking thing to do. I would say that that was equally as flex, as ref, as effective as the Blackout Tuesday thing a yeah. couple years ago. <laughs> Same amount of outcome, which is literally zero. Yeah, we had good. I, I think I said, good "Lord, I, Gabe sent me that." And I, I think my response was, "Oh, thank God, we've unleashed our secret weapon." Yeah, war's over now, boys. The DOD's most guarded secret <laughs> is white women in yoga, like doing oh, yoga on, on the pier. <laughs> Hamas is watching all these fuckers do yoga on the pier going, my God in heaven, we cannot, what are we, gonna do? we cannot fight this. You know, notice that they can't do, fight this notice, unbeatable force. Notice that they'll do that for like kids in foreign countries, but yeah. won't bat an eye for millions of kids that go missing in the yeah. U.S. unaccounted for. No, they don't give a shit. Yeah. What about the fact that you don't can't adopt an, you know how hard it is to adopt an American child, but you can adopt like. Chinese kids oh, like all day fucking long. Yeah, what, what foreign kids, foreign kids, no problem. American kids, not fucking bad, happen. right? But like, what if I want to adopt an American baby? Why is it so hard to adopt an American baby? Because they're all part of this system, and they don't yeah. want that. They need to. Like, I can give you three Chinese babies, <laughs> three Chinese, and then we can talk about one American baby. <laughs> <laughs> we can put you on a wait list. Well, what the fuck? It is really, it's really, really frustrating to obviously you know watch all this shit go on, but. Um, yeah, so anyways, there's that. I don't even remember what the fuck I was started on that. Women doing silly shit and men, white, white, toxic masculinity going to fucking war. Yeah. And I'm not saying here that there's plenty of other races that don't go to war. I'm not saying I, you know, I'm not saying that, okay? Like, Gabriel is Mexican, right? I mean, he's our token diversity hire. So, you know, he can see. the only can, reason why I was hired. He can say this. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I have friends who are black, okay? Don't don't judge me. I'm just kidding. We needed the tax but, break. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we get contracts all mastermind now. by Drew. <laughs> yeah. My point being is, I'm not just saying that, but I am saying that this new fucking video is all straight white dudes high-fiving and fist-bumping well, and jumping out of a helicopter or go to fucking war. That's my fucking point. And we're not doing the, my name is Sarah and I have two mommies bullshit. Yeah. I grew up with two mommies and now I'm a logistics person in the army. Like, I, you know what? I, 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 it's great. Nobody fucking cares. I'm, I know that we win. The military doesn't move forward without logistics and supply. I, nobody doubts that, okay? 
but that's not going to fire me up to go fight wars. Yeah. And when the war comes to you, Jessica Lynch, and you pick up your fucking weapon, and you don't know how to shoot it, and then you get kidnapped, and then you get saved in a hospital with no actual fucking defenses, and there was nothing. No, it's very frustrating. <sighs> very fucking frustrating very to watch frustrating. this kind of shit happen, and the wrong focus be on the wrong fucking thing. And it's not even like we're sitting here like, oh, look at all this. It's just that's what it is. This is what's happening. Exactly we're going to fucking war. Yep. 100% of the, you know 100%, I mean? they're getting ready to fucking institute something to go to war. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing, I will say publicly, my boy ain't going to fucking war. Well, and I said on the last show, too, I was like, for the Good Army... Good luck drafting my kid. Commercial, my version of that would be like, if I see the Marine Corps change their grooming standards, Yeah, that is a huge red flag. Yeah. Like, immediate, oh. immediate war yeah. starting tomorrow. As soon as they go like, hey, guys, <laughs> uh, we're, we're loosening up the tattoo policy. We're yeah. loosening up the grooming standard. We're, we're going to reduce, you know, some of the... We're going to reduce the, the ASVAB score. Yeah, we're going to reduce the ASVAB Jesus, score. We're no, going to reduce, like, criminal <laughs> records no. and stuff. Like, you can have misdemeanors now. Like, as soon as they start doing that, you're like, oh, yeah. They just yeah. need people for they the slaughter. They need bodies yep. for this yep. fucking meat grinder. Yeah. Uh, this has been a story that's been popping around a lot on social media. Um, and I have mixed feelings about it. The title on Daily Mail is Wealthy L.A. Father Who Pulled a Gun on Masked Intruders As They Tried to Break Into His Luxury Home While His Baby Was Inside Reveals He Has Been Stripped of His Firearm Permit Because He Yelled at the Cops When They Arrived. Now, I have mentioned, I think last week we were talking about how leading news articles are. Luxury home, huh? Check this out. Wealthy man. Wealthy yeah. L.A. Father Who Pulled Gun, Pulled Gun, meaning it makes it sound already more like He's the wrong guy. On right. masked intruders as they tried to break into his luxury home while his baby was inside. Almost every single fucking thing there is an irrelevant piece of fucking information. So this is how the news is spinning all this shit. And this is why guys like this get fucked. So I'm just like and, – and there's all kinds of things, right? Of course, the guy has the right to defend himself and his family. I, I, that, that's something I think anyone who listens to the show is going to know. Here's my problem with it. It's your fucking fault, dude. Why? Because it was geographics? You live in L.A. Yeah. You have allowed through your inactivity, your inaction, your ignorance or whatever to allow your place to become a motherfucking shithole. But my family, but my job, but my pension. Okay, get vaxxed too. I don't give a fuck. Do all the things that make life more comfortable for you. And all that that really, really, truly tells me is you're not willing to stand up for what you really fucking believe in. At least he stayed in L.A. and didn't come to Arizona and fuck it up here. Yeah, that's true enough. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm having a harder and harder time. And I know we have tons of listeners in these cities that I'm bemoaning here, all right? But, like, we have, I am having a harder and harder time feeling bad for people when their kids are getting beat up in some school in Minneapolis. What the fuck? Are you living in Minneapolis? Well, I can't abandon my city. My grandfather. Let me just let me just stop you right there, Hondo. I don't fucking care. This ain't your grandfather's city, and your grandfather's probably rolling over in his grave because of the apathy that the current generation and previous generations have had in allowing the elected officials to stand, allowing policies to continue, allowing their cities to be turned in to these shitholes, these thriving metropolises that our grandfathers and great grandfathers built are now mostly, entirely, shitholes. I'm not saying I'm doing anything uh, 100% pro-life. 
proactively positive to stop policies that are happening here in Arizona, but I'm sure as fuck not saying I'm not doing anything either. And I'm not going to allow, I am not going to allow a place like Arizona to turn into California where they're going to strip your gun rights away from you because you defended yourself. And how they're already spinning this guy, wealthy father in his luxury home. What the fuck does that happen? Masked intruder. The only thing they said about the bad guy in the entire time, it should say two motherfucking pieces of shit are slaughtered by law-abiding citizen. Amen. Done. But that can't be how it is. So already you can see how the media spins this shit and that twists the way that people already look at this thing. And that's why guys like this get fucked. And then other people start playing the whole like, well, I mean, did he have to shoot him? Well, did you know that the guy Tyrone or Tyrell, let's face it, his name wasn't Tanner, okay? Do you know that Tyrone or Tyrell, did did his father and then his mother and I don't fucking give a shit. I don't, like from the deep, dark, recessed bottom of my heart, I don't fucking give a shit. That person made a fucking choice and now they're fucking paying for it. The end. And they don't say anything about these guys. And I, I don't actually think, I don't know if he actually killed them or not. I got to go back to the fucking story real quick. Just said pulled gun. Didn't say if he Yeah, I can't remember if he smokes them or he, he fucking shoots at them. such a shitty they probably run away. term to use to pulled gun. Pulled gun. That's Again, what it's, say, that's what you say when like, oh, the guy pulled a gun on me. They specifically, very, very fucking specifically use this as propaganda. And then what's worse is then the NRA, right? Those fucking oh, morons. They are now trying to get involved in using his story as propaganda. See, this is why you have to belong to the NRA. No, there's nothing to... Oh, yeah, where were you, NRA, in stopping all that shit from passing in California? Hmm. But pay us more money. But pay us more money, and then we'll then we'll help. In a swift attempt to defend himself, his wife and his five-month-old, and the nanny, he reached for his gun and started a shootout with the intruders. Um, oh, wait, are you saying there was a shootout? So that means that the uh, robbers had guns too? Oh, yeah, two armed men. Oh, because in the story, they're armed men. But in the title, they're only masked intruders. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So the way that they're spinning it is they took his rights away to carry a gun, but I'm sure the two intruders that broke in still have their rights fully stored. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, multiple attackers. With multiple guns. With multiple guns. Mm -hmm. And he gets in trouble? Yeah, in a state where you can't even have, you know, higher than 10 round. And they are saying this whole fucking story, all it talks about is this guy. It is, there is no information about the shitheads. Zero. It just talks about this guy, crime in the area. It mentions nothing about the shitheads. I don't know if they've been found or not. I'm trying to find. I'm sure they fit a demographic they don't want to talk about. Oh, 100% they fucking do. And we never want to fucking talk about that because it scares people and it makes you a racist or a fucking bigot or whatever. If you call a fucking spade a spade, you're the fucking bad guy. Just like Gabe was talking about with, you know, feminist shit and whatever. It's not – I'm just saying what the fucking facts are. Women, you're your biggest fucking enemy. You want to know why? Because a man is times woman of the year. This is what you get for not – you let that happen. You let this fucking happen. This is what you get for not standing up and loud enough and saying no. No. This is what you get. Now women are do- now men are dominating women's sports. Dominating. We're not sort of kind of beating women. We're smashing the fucking shit out of them. Men are setting records in women's sports that will never be broken by a woman. Ever, ever, ever. And they're not even trying anymore. At least before they had to sort of kind of pretend to be a woman. Now you've got that still my favorite fucking story that I've told on the show already is that giant Viking motherfucker in like the <laughs> Norway or whatever. <laughs> 
that goes, he's like, I am woman. And then he fucking crushes yeah. the deadlift record for women, like, by two, by <laughs> unrealistic standards. And they're like, he's bearded, he's huge, the dude is, he's 100% a guy, not even trying to be a woman. And that was his whole point, was like, I can just go on here and say I'm a woman, and then win first place in everything? Okay. My, my thing is, what kind of other women are cheering this on, too? You know, well, the thing, they're the smallest the, percentage. It's such a slap in the face, though, because, like, I have sisters, right, and they all have played sports competitively, and it's like if <clears> they were to come in against a dude because it's a dude and lose, like, that's such a huge slap in the face to all the work they put in all the time, mm -hmm. everything. Well, not only that, it's wrecking it's, opportunities for the higher-end female athletes for, like, college scholarships. Exactly. Oh, yeah. there Destroying was that, it. There was that, Destroying uh, it. that dude who competed in, the, in California – the track something for, for it was like nationals or something like that at the mm -hmm. high school level. There was tons of college scouts there. All these girls got smoked by mm -hmm. this dude. And they're like, the parents were pissed and showed up and were counter protesting this. They were the ones that got kicked out. Mm -hmm. And they're saying like, this is <clears throat> ruining our daughter's potential to go race at a college, <clears throat> yeah. to go run. It's, it's literally cutting their opportunities mm -hmm. down to yep. zero. You know, because I mean? they can't compete against this no. guy. It's disgusting. And, th and this is the same thing that happens, and I'm using that as an example. This is the same thing that happens with living in California. Oh, you got your gun rights taken away in a place where you don't have any fucking gun rights already and your right to self-defense is already known to be minimal? I'm sorry, guy. I don't fucking feel bad for you. You wanted to, you truly, do you truly want to defend and keep safe your woman, your child? Get the fuck out of a place that targets you and your people. And don't bring your bullshit with you. Yeah, and don't bring your bullshit with you. Because if you bring your bullshit here, what we ought to do is fucking hang people. Oh, you came here with those same ideas? We give you 48 hours to get out of the fucking state, or we hang you. And it's the same shit with this other stuff. It's like, you want to know why these policies never change? Because we don't fucking do anything about them. Who's making, who's allowing this? Like, what judge at an event, like the dude from, I can't remember, I think he was Norwegian or something. He was fucking huge. He was doing to make a point. The point was lost on him. The fucking idiot trans were like, oh, what a brave, are you fucking brave? He's not even pretending. Yeah, he's openly He's literally me. mocking you. And you, but you, but now, oops, you backed yourself into a corner on this one, tards, because now you can't fucking say anything about it. Because if you say anything about it, now you're the bigot. Yeah. Oh, whoop, whoops, let it go too far on that one. So it's like, what judges are allowing this? Those people should be drugged in the street and stoned. At the very least, removed from their fucking positions. Yep. It's like these schools. We're doing the... This is slightly off topic, but it kind of drives into another point. Or another story, I mean. And it's... Recently, Drew's been sending me some news articles about schools here in Arizona that are allowing all this weird, sexually graphic, transgender-promoting, weird, like, uh, minor-attracted people, whatever they call themselves, um, wood pedophiles, right? Yeah, wood-chipper fuel. All those people are putting these books in these fucking school libraries. And it's like these administrators are allowing them. And I applaud all the people who are going down and trying to use the appropriate system. I've watched and listened to some very well-spoken, intelligent, well-presented 
things from from fathers and mothers and and concerned uh, citizens in the community as they go to these board meetings and they go, look, this is a serious fucking problem. We can't allow these things in our schools. This is this is not freedom of speech issue. This is not a constitutional issue. No, it is not. This is about protecting children against pedophilia, being fucked by adults. How if, if like if, if this is why I when people are like, hey dude, I've been approached before by a couple people. Hey dude, you should like run for some kind of you know thing. And I go no. Absolutely not. I, first of all, I wouldn't survive the process, or other people wouldn't. And I, it, God forbid, I ever got elected to anything, I would not survive that. I, I would get kicked out. I would quit. I, there's no way. Because how I present myself is I go in there, I go, which one of you sick, disgusting fucks up there think that these books are good? Because I'm killing you now. And then I pull out my fucking gun and I shoot every single fucking one of them in the face. Or I drag them outside and I hang their fucking bodies from light poles while they gasp and gag for fucking air and anyone who tries to stop me, I shoot them in the fucking face. Because that's what actually should fucking happen. These are sick, twisted fucks who are allowing this kind of shit to happen and we're doing nothing about it. And every parent that protests is now on an FBI list. Yeah. yeah. And then if you say anything about it or, you know, it's like, I don't mind saying this kind of shit on the show because I say this kind of shit on the show all the time. I'm on like a thousand fucking lists so I don't really care. <laughs> but it's like, this is the reality. This is how you make this stuff stop. Yeah. You don't go in there, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm heartfelt for these people who go in there and try the, the diplomatic solution, the, the Ben Franklin solution, as it were. I'm more about the George Washington solution. Because why do you think these people have positioned, positioned themselves like that? So they can do this shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there was a, a horrible video of a dad who got taken out of a, like a school board meeting mm -hmm. or a city council meeting, one of the two. And because he was reading he was one reading of the, the fucking books, books yep. that was in there. And it was like, hey, Jimmy, did you suck dick today? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like to do that too. It's like a picture book yep. about sucking dick and shit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, sir, you can't. That's so inappropriate to say in this setting. And he's like, well, it's in the fucking school. In the school library. You I pulled this off the it's, shelf it's in the school library. Ar around a room full of adults, but yet it's. In the school, mm. it's just, it's, it's so like, it's, sick. Yeah, I agree. It is. So why don't we all go to the library right now together and let's find all these books that are like this and we're going to pull them all and then we're going to throw them in a fucking paper shredder. Oh, now you're a Nazi. Good old fashioned book burning. Now yep. you're a Nazi Good old book fucking, burning. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Because sometimes that is the kind of shit that's needed. We're not burning educational material. I'm not burning someone's history. I'm not burning someone else's individual personal thoughts. I'm not disagreeing with... I'm disagreeing with people who like to fuck children. And if you think that's okay in any way, if you think that's a First Amendment right, you're a sick fuck. If you think that's any kind of constitutional problem, you are a sick and twisted piece of shit that does not deserve to fucking draw air. In that vein. The reporter who debunked Pizzagate was arrested for fucking children. Hmm. So the guy who says, oh, no, Pizzagate wasn't real. All right. So this is uh, John Podesta, who's one of the guys, of course, who's in charge of fucking yep. Pizzagate. All right. Uh, the guy, his friend who debunks it is arrested for fucking kids. He was arrested last month for raping multiple toddlers and babies. Who in the fuck? Like, this arrested? No, no, not arrested. Arrested? Please. This is why we still yeah. have this fucking problem. Yeah. None of these people are strong male. Again, these are not war winners. These are not people who conquer anything. 
They're sick, twisted fucks. You don't arrest these people. You don't give them fair trials. The Constitution does not apply to people who hurt kids. It's over. The end. As soon as it's proven, because you can't just go off allegations. Allegations are what they are. But as soon as it's proven, then it's like, yeah, dude, this is uncontestable evidence. You're out of here. You're donezo. It's just like, I mean, look at the Epstein trial. One indictment off that. One. Oh, yeah, and then hidden fucking lists. That's I mean, it? Again, these are the kinds of things. Like, people talk about the, uh, the taxes or inflation. Like, those aren't even the things that upset me. Dude, I don't, yeah, like. Yeah, okay. that all sucks. I hate that. But you know what really sucks? Is that, yeah, we have this whole client list from Epstein that includes all these freaking high-ranking individuals and celebrities and all these people. We have celebrities now openly making Masonic and demonic fucking symbols oh, on everywhere. stage yeah, and during, during interviews. And we're not doing anything about it. It's like, been going on for so as long. As soon as that happens, they should be drug off the stage and their head cut off. Yet on the other side of it, when the government hates you, what do they do? Oh, they fucking destroy Frame you. Frame you for the same shit. Frame you for the yep. same shit. It's, it's literally everywhere. Like, Why do you think they know so much about it? The majority of them are fucking pedophiles. Yeah. It's insane. Like, look at that freak Sam Smith. Have you seen some of the shit he does? Dude, that is some weird fucking, that is some straight up or demon that shit. That other rapper guy who's in one of his music videos literally fucking the devil. Yeah. Fucking the devil. And people are on TikTok, they're kids <clears throat> on the fucking phone yep. listening to this shit. And you can say whatever you want about, mm-hmm. ooh, fucking conspiracies. And <clears throat> no, all of that shit is a complete psyop, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it is <clears throat> spiked so much. If mm-hmm. you've been watching it over the last... Ten, Dude, ten-ish years. Or like four years. For whatever reason, I can relate it directly to all the COVID shit. As soon as COVID started, <clears throat> all of this shit started going crazy. Like all the pedophilia got way fucking worse. All of this shit because they implemented systems of control. They saw how well they can control people through media. They saw how little people are willing to do. Remember, when people talk to me about things like COVID, I will never fucking forget People who didn't go to church, people who didn't go to the gym, people who pulled their kids out of school. I won't forget those people. Weak, weak, weak. These are the people who will never do what we're talking about. They'll sit around a campfire. They'll sit around and talk about how horrible this shit is. They will do nothing for it. They will be the guy who lives in fucking L.A., He's probably, that guy's probably fucking triple vaxxed and eight times boosted, probably wore a mask every fucking place he went. This is not my guy. Just because he owns a goddamn gun doesn't make him one of my fucking people. Well, the beauty of that whole situation was is people self-identified as not my people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like when people go, well, aren't you on this guy's side? I don't know this fucking guy. Yeah, oh, he, he, he pulled out his gun. Oh, why was he being robbed? Why was he being targeted? I don't know. Maybe he's got a fun bunch of fucking drug debt for all I fucking know. Maybe these are like some organized crime people coming against him because of his fucking business dealings. Maybe he put his family at risk. I don't know. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying I don't fucking know. I don't know him well enough to say what the fuck exactly happened. Yeah. And just because he owns a gun, because he went to a gun store and bought a gun, does not make him my people. All that means is he's not on my fucking side. 500 bucks and 30 minutes to do a background check. Yeah, what I know about him is he still lives in fucking L.A. Already he's on the list of probably not my people. So if, if collectively as our people, which is a lot of people who listen to the show, I would definitely classify as my people. If we don't start being much more active, much more nasty about this kind of stuff. Again, we don't need to go down to board 
school boards dressed up nice, shirt and tie. Hi, my name is Glenn Stilson. I am a local business owner and a military veteran and a registered libertarian or whatever. Like, I don't need to be in there and like give my whole fucking thing. I need to go in there and go, hi, my name's Glenn. I'm a dad. This is sick, twisted shit. Who here agrees with this? Because I'm cutting your fucking head off tonight. Like right now. Trust me, you cannot move fast enough to fucking stop me. I'm so goddamn fucking fast. So raise your hand because you died tonight. We're not having your fucking ilk in my neighborhood anymore. We're fucking done here. Until that kind of shit starts happening. And then all that's going to happen, of course, when those people do those things, then everyone distances. Oh, I'm not like that psycho. You know what? To be honest, I'm getting more and more like that. Yeah. No one. Ah, that's so fucking. That's not extremism. That's devotion. That's dedication. And it's really easy to take people and say, oh, they, those people were extremists so that you distance yourself from them. The first thing they do is if someone does that, the very first thing the government does, you'll see it, is they villainize that character. They villainize that person fucking immediately. That's the first thing they do. They will make people not want to be like them. They've done it to everybody that's ever happened. Look at, I mean, look at things like Waco. How much do we know about all the agents who literally burned children alive and then took photos next to their still smoking corpses? Don't worry. There's like five documentaries on Netflix that paint those agents as fucking heroes. Oh, yeah. They're fucking heroes, right? But it's like – but we know tons and tons and tons about the people who were inside and how villainized we made them. When in all reality, they were breaking no laws, not anything that mattered. They weren't actually fucking hurting anybody. But they got targeted and the government took them down with extreme prejudice and literally burned children alive, which they don't care about because they fuck them anyway. They don't give a shit. And what did the American public do? Turn to the next fucking channel. Uncomfortable news. All sieges end in fire. That's predictable. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way to get them out of there. If they ain't coming out, you got to burn them out. We all fucking know that that's the rules. So the point being... If we don't start doing something about this shit, it's not going to get any fucking better. Well, our founding fathers strapped it on for, what, a couple percent tax on tea? Yeah. And all Good this Lord. Can you imagine if somehow those guys came back to life and saw what the country looked like now? Can you fucking imagine well, what their reaction would be? I mean, consider this. It's really easy as a government agent to be corrupted and to start to believe in your own system. This is why I'm not for probably more than about one term as president or any elected official. You need to serve your community through a term and then leave and go back in your community, become a productive member. Keep in mind this. So we ask, boy, the people say all the time, founding fathers would have been shooting by now. Founding fathers would be rolling over in their grave. I myself have said those things. Independence Training recently released our new Whiskey Rebellion patch. I did not know this story. I found it very interesting. Why Whiskey Rebellion? Why did we choose that patch? Why did we choose that flag? That was the official flag of the Whiskey Rebellion with an original, had an original eagle on it. We just replaced it with our eagle. So why? Why the Whiskey Rebellion? By 1791, the U.S. federal government had already decided to start placing taxes on domestic goods. Their first fucking target, whiskey. People rose up against the tax and were like, yo, I don't know if you guys forgot, but it hasn't been that long we just did this. since we were throwing tea in the harbor. And yeah, we're not going to fucking stand for this. The brave and wonderful George Washington that everybody loves so much 
was the one who raised up an army of like 10,000 dudes and went and marched against the people who were having the rebellion, the rebels, and effectively squashed it. Minimal loss of life, minimal loss of stuff. Mostly the, the rebels burned down houses and did things like that, but were ultimately squashed because the majority of the population was like, uh, let's just pay the tax. It's not that big of a deal. Just fucking pay the tax. And there were people who were like, no. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of them were probably the fucking veterans from the previous yeah. campaign against the fucking British. Because they were like, didn't we just risk everything and lose our brothers and all that kind of fun stuff for this? And now you're telling me we're doing it again? And now it's internal too. And so the Whiskey Rebellion was a very short-lived thing in American history. It only lasted for about three years. And overall got squashed. And now look at all the taxes that we have. To me, the reason we did that patch is as a reminder, if you don't do enough, it just gets worse. What's our tax on domestic goods now? Our sales tax, what, 10 fucking percent? 9.65, I think, around here? Some bullshit like that? Fucking insane. 10%. You pay 10% taxes on just stuff you buy. It's already been taxed multiple times before. It's been taxed every step of its production process. It has been taxed. And what are we spending that money on? Israel. No, Ukraine. Please, please don't even get me started. Welfare. Please. I, I am so sick and tired. Meanwhile, my roads still have potholes in them. People crying about Israel and crying for, for the other side, crying for Ukraine. Why do we even care? I'll tell you why, because it's a giant money laundering scheme, oh, yeah, for, for starters. 144 bill. To, to Ukraine, and guess mm -hmm. what? We have no clue where that money goes. Nope. But yet the IRS will find you if you don't declare, you know, $600 on a couple thousand dollars on, on your fucking taxes mm -hmm. at the end of the year. But our forensic <coughs> accountants at the agency can't track down where $144 billion are going. Yep. And then the Speaker of the House, oh, well, let's go into their def defense ministry and defense department. Show me. Yeah, where? Show me. Show me what? the fucking receipts. Show me the receipts. If I, if I gave someone, if someone asked me, Glenn, I need your help. I want $1,000 because I need to <clears throat> paint my house. Okay. And then every time I went to their house, it wasn't painted. I'd be like, dude, what'd you do that $1,000? And they'd be like, well, I, I painted my house. They didn't. Yeah, sure I did. No, it's still not painted. Oh, no, no, I, ha I, I, I did it. Show me where you did it. Show me the receipts where you bought the fucking paint and bought the brushes and painted your fucking house. Plus the house is still not painted. So we've given all this money to Ukraine and they still didn't fucking win anything. Yep. So it's like we don't have any results for the money that we gave. Plus, all that money's just fucking getting laundered around anyway. The whole thing's oh, yeah. a goddamn money laundering. Do you operation. hear this shit? Now they're pushing for us to send them F-16s? Not flown by our pilots. Oh, of course not. Yeah, ours. Not demilled F-16s either, like I might our add. Our fucking F-16s. And then, oh, oh, we've got pilots in training right now. You know how many years it takes to train a pilot like that? I'm, Jesus Christ. I think you can probably them, tell us. Yeah, you're sending them fucking $40, 50000000 million airplanes? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? No. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and people are like, my my biggest thing is why the fuck do you care, man? You know what I mean? Worry, we've got enough shit going on here, where you don't need to be worried about Israel and Palestine, and neither of those countries. Look, man, are so God made that place two holy lands. Okay, yeah, it's God's fault. Blame God. Fight him. My thing is like, each one believes it was God. In people that are Jewish, in the Torah, it's you know you know what it says about people who are not Jewish and not believers, how they should be treated. 
Uh, I do know what it says. You can look at the Quran for the same answer. Yep, that's right. I'm like, you both follow the same shit. Uh-huh. You both believe that people who don't believe what you <clears throat> believe should be killed. Mm-hmm. So you guys should be best fucking friends. Yeah. You guys, you guys should join forces or some yeah. shit like that. God made your land, both of you guys a holy land. I'm sure that upsets some people who are listening. But then my, but my Israel, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, I have Israeli friends. I don't have a problem with Israel. But I don't give a fuck about their war. Yeah, that's... It sucks. And if you, if you want me to help you by providing IFACs or something like that, I'll help the people. I'm always up for helping the people. But no, I don't want to send hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars or any dollars because I don't, I have all these problems at home. Yeah. It's like if someone asks you to, hey, can I borrow $1,000 and you're in like $400,000 worth of debt? Yeah, sure. Here's a grand. You probably shouldn't fucking loan anybody any money. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you don't have any money. Anyway, change the topic before we totally take over with the show there. This one comes from Privacy Mike and it's a really good story. T-Mobile sued after employee steals nude images from customer's phone. It was my phone. <laughs> I didn't want to call you out specifically, but it just picks up Gabe's butthole. <laughs> T-Mobile is once again being accused of failing to protect sensitive customer data after an employee at one of its retail stores stole nude images from a customer's phone when she came to trade in an old device. The incident is similar to at least eight others levied against T-Mobile in the past, according to court records and news reports. The lawsuit comes as wireless companies and other tech giants face increasing pressure, pressure from lawmakers to do more to protect customer data. So, essentially... Um, I never turn in my old phones. When I am, when I upgrade, I just smash my phone or I use it as a backup because you can still like, I can still access like ballistic arc and stuff like that. So I can use it as a competition backup or I may save some cause I've got like files that I can't quite figure out how to get transferred off. So I just kind of keep it in just in case I need them. Um, <clears throat> but I never send in my old devices. I don't trade in my old computers. I don't trade in old phones. Even if you wipe them. There's fucking wizards who know how to do all that shit. Or you're still logged into something. And so basically, here's what happened. A girl upgraded her phone, turned in her old phone. T-Mobile employee looked through, found, looked through it, found new photos, went to a Snapchat app that she was still logged into, and then sent the messages to himself from her account. She noticed and then kind of figured out what happened. So, for, like, here's a couple of things. First of all, if you're going to go turn in your phone, and this has got to be some fucking basic white bitch. It's just fucking, or it's got to be some dumb young broad who just doesn't understand how shit works because it's like you're gonna go turn in your phone and you're gonna leave apps logged in and you're just gonna leave all your personal information on there you're already retarded i'm not saying she deserved this happening to her but i'm saying she's retarded here's privacy my tech tips for this don't put yourself in a situation where you can be taken advantage of don't give unlocked devices with your personal data on it to someone hoping they don't abuse it it's why i don't let people really use my phone because I don't want them fucking around on it. That way they don't find all my pictures of Gabe's butthole. I don't want them to find personal encrypted. information. Encrypted. Yeah, I went to get a new phone recently. And before I did that, I went to get it repaired. And they're like, oh, we need your passcode to be able to get it. Like, the fuck you do? No, you don't. No, you don't. Change the battery, dude. Yep. The guy, yeah, the guy in the middle of the mall yeah. with his phone repair booth. Yeah, when like, guys are like, I've had them ask me that before. They're like, hey, we need to, like on the screen. I'm like, hey, I need you to repair my screen. Hey, we need to uh, get your passcode. No, you don't. You're changing the screen. We got to make sure it works. I'll test it when I come in. Yep, exactly. And then when yeah. I did turn in my phone, but I watched him wipe it, and it was only a quarter done. He's like, oh, you can leave now. I'm like, nope. Not me, dude. I fucking, I, I either smash them or keep them. I wipe it before I go to 
before I bring it in. I fucking smash them or keep them. You know I, there shit, are too you many know people shit who know too anyway, right? much. Yeah, too many people know too much shit. I don't know all the tech shit. I'm not. I do not turn in phones. I don't turn in any electronics to anybody with any kind of personal data because it's not. I'm not worried about necessarily nude photos in my Snapchat. I don't even have Snapchat. I'm not worried about that. I'm more concerned about just personal data being compromised. Maybe it's photos of my kids. Maybe it's login information from my bank account. I don't know. I don't know how they get access to this shit, but I know they do. Techno wizards. Here's another tip uh, from Privacy Mike. Consider completely wiping your devices before handing them over to any strangers. If you get your phone repaired, they'll ask your PIN so they can unlock it and make sure it's working before you give it to them. Either wipe the phone or refuse to give them your PIN and tell them you'll risk it not working when you come pick it up and will come back a third time if needed. That's literally what we just talked about. So that's what I do. If they're like, oh, I need your PIN, I'm like, nah. I'll check it when I come in. Last tip from Mike, uh, if you cross international borders, consider wiping your phone and re-downloading apps and contacts from the cloud after you cross. The Fourth Amendment doesn't apply at the border, and CBP can force you to unlock your phone and extract all your data, text, emails, and photos and store it forever on their system without a warrant. So that's something to think about. So if you do have compromising photos of yourself or others, if you do have personal data, if you have things you just don't want out in the public eye, be careful about when you travel with your phone. Be careful about when you're handing old devices in. It, it's a real problem. It really is a fucking problem. All right, independence training gear moment. Target acquisition is a need for optics. Here's the thing that I continue to see happen is that people need fast target acquisition and they have the wrong optic for it. So they've got a rifle. They want to do some distance work. They want to get fast on target, but their lowest power setting is six or eight or something like that. Uh, they want, you know, they've got a red dot. They want to get fast target acquisition, but they buy the red dot with the world's smallest fucking window. They've got a reflex sight on a fucking rifle. You're like, dude, the window's too fucking small for fast target acquisition. You know, <clears throat> so it is an important thing. Field of view, fast target acquisition. These are considerations you should make when you're going to be getting an optics. So like, number one question I get from people, what kind of optics should I get? Four to 16? Should I get a five to 25? I'm like, for your application, do the one to eight. <laughs> you know, like you don't need that much magnification and you want that lower power. Or if you are going to be stretching out a little bit more, then maybe you do want a two to 10 or a three to 15, four to 16, five to 25. Maybe you do want that or need that. But always consider field of view and fast target acquisition when you are considering the optic and the size of the objective. Independence Training Gear Moment brought to you by trainingaz.com. All right, on to our topic for this week. Red Dawn. As we're an hour into the show. That's okay. <laughs> what are you going to do if it happens right now? <clears throat> we had a lot of good news stories. What are you going to do if something happens right now? So here's some considerations that we have. We have like three students send us some really good fucking questions. There we're were gonna, a lot of questions. There's a lot. We're going to get to some of it. We're going to get to some of it. Uh, but first of all, I think the, the biggest consideration is what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, which is what are we looking at here? Yeah. Because I think if it's, if it is, let's, let's start with foreign entity. So Hamas parash- paragliding in or Russian paratroopers, par- you know, dropping in, that is a completely different fight than a force here in the States. Just say that. Mm. Completely different long term. But I mean, if shit's happening outside the front door right now, is it really that different in our short term? No, but I think we'll have more tell if it. Okay, let's say it's a U.S. government flips on the people kind of mm. thing. There's things that build up to that. It's not just one day. Oh, you mean like all the things are happening right now? Yeah. yeah. Like literally all the things we've been talking just, about for an hour. Just like that. Yeah. Well, I'm. Yeah. 
you can get yourself in the mindset. You have more time. I th- in my opinion, you have more prep time if you're smart. Well, I think that's part of the issue. Like that's kind of what we're talking about right here, right? Is what if it happens right now? Are you prepared? <clears throat> Are you ready for something? Like we were sitting here going, okay, I'm sitting here. I can look out the window of the studio. I can look out the window of the front door. I can look into our parking lot. What if a fucking whatever MRAP style vehicle fucking lands there right now and is surrounded by a half a dozen guys in the next 30 seconds? Like, what are you going to do right now? What is your plan right now? Okay, that's foreign invader. Okay. What if you're sitting around drinking your morning coffee and all of a sudden something comes on the news, some AI generated or space laser generated natural disaster or situations happening and the government suddenly comes on and goes, we're declaring martial law right now. What are your plans right now? Long term, yeah, we're going to be building gardens and setting up security protocols and fighting against other factions and doing all this fallout level shit. Yes, that's long term. I'm talking right now. Like, what do you have with you right now? What do you have on you, with you, or easily accessible right now? Like, I stash shit. Not everybody I stash shit with knows I'm stashing shit with them. I'm sneaky about how I stash shit. I have stash boxes with my parents. They don't even know. They don't even know I have a stash box with them. But they have it. I stash shit with my oldest son. He knows. I stash shit here at the office. I stash it with my friends. I stash it in my truck. We stash stuff in Drew's truck. I stash stuff at the house. I stash stuff in different parts of the house. I'm very sneaky about it. Here's why. Because in previous parts of my life, it was really important to be able to get to really important tools at a quick run. Like when we deal with law enforcement, for example, one of my first questions is, so I see you have two magazines on your belt. That's pretty neat. Where do you keep other magazines, you know? Like, where do you keep other mags? Do you have mags in every fucking door of your vehicle? Do you have mags in, do you have a go bag that you can grab out of your vehicle that's nothing but fucking mags, med, and smoke, or bangs, or whatever the fuck you can get access to? Do you have that? Because if you don't, you're not as fucking prepared as you think you are. So, what do you have on you right now? Like, it's time to, like, stop for a second and do a personal inventory. And ask yourself, is today the day I carried my gun? Is today the day I carried my flashlight? Is today the day I carried my med kit? Oh, I had to dress different so I didn't take it with me. Because nothing's going to happen today. You don't fucking know that. So what do you have on you easily accessible right now? And what's your comms plan? Oh, that's key. How are you going to communicate with people? Your people are away from you now. I'm not always near Drew. Yesterday, I'm teaching a class an hour and a half away. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere with limited service. She's back here in metropolitan area. We've got to communicate. No cell phones. We don't have They shut them down. You don't think they're going to turn your fucking cell phones off? That's a flip of a switch kind of shit. That's easy shit. They turn your fucking cell phones off. Now what? How are you going to communicate? Where are you going to go? As you called it, where's your rejoin plan? Yep. Where are we going to meet up? And how are you going to get there? Because guess what? They're going to jam your GPS too. And they're going to jam up your fucking freeways. You don't think everyone's going to immediately flock to the fucking freeway to get the fuck out of Dodge? Yep. So how are you going to get there? If you were to look in my truck right now, you will see paper maps of Arizona Mm -hmm. and every state surrounding in the back one of my seats. 
Paper maps. Yeah. Yeah. Can't compromise that. Yep. Paper maps and a good compass. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of places don't even sell paper maps now Mm-mm. either. Digital shit. It's all yep. digital. Yep. You can Everyone buy got the, their maps digitally. the SD card for your GPS to yeah. download this area. What the fuck? Yo, give dude, me a, one paper map. Give me the $4 paper map. Give me a state map. Give me the old Delorme fucking maps. That was one of the first things that I got when I started driving was my aunt sent me a U.S. map and then an Arizona map. Yep, those old red road yeah. atlases, those yep. things are great. Yep. What are your priority of operations? Like, I have a priority of operations I will not share on the show. I won't tell people what it is. A little OPSEC, thanks. OPSEC, yep. <laughs> I have a very, very specific priority of operations. One person knows what it is. I have one very specific priority that is priority number one, no matter what happens. And then I have other priorities, my priority of operations, that will change based on the circumstances. Is this paratroopers? Is this a natural disaster? Is this government overthrow? What's happening? But I have one priority that's priority number fucking one, and then everything else is different based on what I need to accomplish. And these priorities don't involve helping people. These priorities involve taking care of me and my people and nobody else. Well, we've talked about this before on the show, too. It's like once it's happened, if you haven't sought help from me beforehand, yeah. fuck off. If you're not yeah. in the circle before it happens, you're definitely not in the circle yep. after it happens. I, I've watched like, you know, watch shows like The Walking Dead, right? And like whenever they let people in the group, I'm like, no. No. no Bad no. movie. Because it always ends badly for them, too. Every the show. time. Yeah, you're like, like, yeah, like a, the 18th time you're all, it's the 18th time you're getting fucked over by the new guy, you know? So, <laughs> so it's just, no, I, I don't. Now, does that mean the group will never expand? No. I'm talking about my group. Sooner or later, long-term. We're not talking about long-term right now. We're talking about right now. What are your priorities of operation? My priorities of operation right now are not building a team. I need a doctor. I need a gardener. I need a... I don't need any of that right now. I just need yeah. to fucking survive right now. I need yeah, to like survive, survive the, the next... 30 days. Exactly. I need to yeah. survive the next month. If yeah. I can get through the next month, I'll think about long-term shit. Do you have the capability right now to blend into the average people? I think that's going to be super fucking important. Like signature management as a whole is going to be super important because if it is a foreign entity or U.S. government flip, like we were talking about earlier Mm. before the show, it's like, yeah, you and your three buddies of militia guys or 12 buddies of militia guys, that's like a one one drone strike. Goodbye. Yeah, And your whole group, everything you worked for. All the multi-cam you've worn. Because you wanted wanted Mm. to go do a raid. At night or broad daylight. Drone sees you. Mm. It sees you. I promise. Yeah, it's got you. You know what I mean? So. Not only does the drone see you, in a more, in a more local sense, the streets mm. see you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cameras everywhere. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's your what's your capability to blend in and look like, for the most part, everybody else during your priorities of operations? I think, in my opinion, that's going to be the most crucial part. And then lastly, my kind of last note on here before we take to some of these questions that were sent in, which is retake and reestablish. Now we're talking long term. Do you have a – you don't have to have this plan. There's nothing wrong with going, I don't have a plan. I'm waiting for someone else to lead us there. That's okay. Like for me, as an example, I don't do long-term plans. Too many variables. Too I, many things change. I don't really do them. I do short-term, does everyone have socks type plan, Right. You know, we've talked about this from, before from like a leadership perspective. You know, there's a big difference when when Daryl was you know in a former life dealing with being um, you know operational commander in the sky, 
seated in the cockpit of an attack vehicle operating multiple layers of the battlefield's airspace as well as communicating with ground commanders, that is literally a 30,000-foot overview. And that is a level of organization and understanding from multi-angles that my brain (laughs) doesn't fucking do. I'm the guy all the way on the ground who's like, does everybody have their socks? Has everyone changed their socks? That's me. And I know my role, and I'm good at that role. I'm really fucking good at that role. But that's my role. I'm not the guy who's like, I don't care about the socks. We got to make sure that we're operational. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but does everybody have their socks? You know what I mean? I know where I'm at. And so I don't really do long-term plans because I don't know what to even plan for long-term. Well, so I, when we I'm, look at retake and reestablish. I'm glad ahead. you mentioned that, though, because even like when you're planning for close air support fight like that, mm. you're not saying, well, this will happen, then this will happen. It's all contingency planning. It's mm. risk-reality matrix, just like we talk about all the right. time. You take your most rea- real stuff and you talk about those three things and the next time you train for it or whatever you talk about the next three things where at some point you've now kind of experienced a whole gamut of what could happen right. and you have plans you just you know in the past have talked about them trained to them and all that yeah. it's all about contingency planning and so like my my plan you know i travel a lot for mm-hmm. for my day job and i <clears throat> do i have plans of well if i get stuck in new york city i will do this and i get stuck in san antonio i'll do absolutely not do I have general plans and contingency plans? Absolutely. So that's the way you can plan for this kind of thing. I just imagine, Daryl, that if you get stuck someplace. I you, will not give. You are the commandeering will, airplane guy. You're like the guy who like, I know how to fly. And then you like <laughs> commandeer an airplane and you fly like some Cessna and you landed on the uh, highway in front of the house I will neither confirm like. nor deny they are really easy to pick at Hotwire. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in the airplane. I'm just throwing switches. How do you make the thing go, hey? I'm going to keep hitting shit till all the lights start yeah. blinking. Once I hear the engine spin up, I'm like, hey, that's closer to where I want to be. Is this the throttle? You know, like, yeah, oh that's, uh, yeah, I'm on the dash. I'm just punching the dash. Fucking work. God damn it. That's pretty much me the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. was <laughs> like, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> I've got a stick. I'm just hitting things. You fucking piece of mechanical shit. <laughs> that's how I commandeer airplanes so if you ever need me to commandeer an airplane i'm not the guy i'm the guy in the back like is everyone sitting down to have their seatbelts on i'm good at that job that's my job i know my job everyone have their socks yes everyone have their socks everyone have their buddy and their socks (laughs) (laughs) everyone have their travel buddy and their socks (laughs) but i think that there's this idea like gabe was kind of mentioning okay what are we talking about because what we're talking about could be, okay, is it Russian paratroopers or is it some kind of government overthrow kind of thing? What's happening here? Well, that's all going to really drive what the next part of everything is. Yeah. Because we don't know what it is. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Like no. you said, you can't have a plan for all the cities that you travel to. I mean, no. that's numerous. That's too numerous. Yeah. And we do the same thing, right? especially during our summer travel time when we're we're in a different city every two weeks, maybe two or three different cities in the same week, you know? And it's like, I don't have a plan for every single one of those places. That's impossible. But I have this general idea of like, here's my priorities of operations. You know, what do I keep with me? Well, I try to keep the same stuff with me everywhere I go, et cetera, et cetera. So some of the questions that were sent in were like, let's look at it from this perspective. There were three scenarios that were asked about. Like one scenario is where a group of people are all armed. 
a one scenario is where a, a bunch or a lot of them were armed, and another scenario is where just a few of them were armed. And, and let's even look at, like, uh, you know, Ukraine and Israel. I don't want to get deep in the weeds on that because we've already kind of talked about it a little bit today, but let's just talk about those. Those citizens are being overtaken by a foreign entity, okay? And in some cases, we're not armed. In some cases, we're armed. In some cases, we're very armed and trained. It had a minimal impact on the overall problem because the groups of people that were both armed and trained were so small and so few and far between. And also probably targeted by enemy forces. More than likely. They know. Yeah. And so I, I think one of the biggest threats that we face from, let's just say, a violent problem or even a nonviolent problem is that the majority of people out there believe incorrectly that they are prepared enough to handle this. And you've got a lot of veterans, all right? And and this is like one of my favorite groups of people to mock, but you've got a lot of veterans out there that are going to do the whole like, well, man, back in Iraq, you know, I mean, fucking we took it to those fucking same people. We did this and that. And they didn't fucking stop us. By God, I fucking survived three goddamn trips over there. You know, I'm fucking ready to go. No, you're not. First of all, you're not that same guy. You're not doing that same op tempo. You're not in that good a condition anymore. You're not doing that all the time. Now you're like a fucking paper salesman. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't you're have not the entire doing US that. Army behind you. And you also don't have yeah. the supply yeah. train and the logistics. And you don't have the overview, right? There's no one giving you operational orders. You know what I mean? There's nobody driving you and guiding you and, and providing you with the vehicles and the ammo and the, the bullets, beans, and bandages. There's nobody there with the logistics. This is kind of some of the stuff we were talking about over the last couple of weeks. So, no, it's not the fucking same. I think when we had Neil on the show years ago, probably one of the greatest fucking stories I have ever heard that puts this into perspective. Neil, good friend of ours. He's actually, I want to get him on the show again because he spent a few years in Ukraine and he's got a great idea of what's on the ground working with the people, what that looks like. And, uh, <clears throat> and, but when he was um, – he had also gone over and worked with uh, – Oh, who's the fucking group that was the fighting ISIS? No, no, who's fighting Peshmerga. ISIS? The Peshmerga. Peshmerga. So he'd yeah. gone over and worked with the Pesh for a little bit. And when he was working with the Pesh, he had started doing training. And then he was doing training in the field. And the next thing you knew, because he was good at it, he was alongside him fighting. And he had spent some time in the Army. I think he was with 4th ID or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. Irrelevant. He was with some infantry unit. He did some things. And he had some deployments, and he survived them. Good job. He's like, the first time we got engaged when I was with the Pesh. He's like, I'm watching the enemy come towards us. He's like, I have no one to call. I have no air support. I have no artillery. There's no help coming. He's like, I literally, I'm looking at my rifle. I have one magazine in my rifle. Iron sights. It's like, I look down at my carrier, my chip chop fucking mashed together carrier. He's like, I have three magazines of ammo. And bro, that's what I have. There's no going back to base and getting more. There's no more ammo. And he's like, I realized to myself, dude, we might actually fucking die. He was like, when I was in the army, I never thought, you know, in an engagement, like it was really that real that I would die. And I knew guys like most of us did died and that's terrible. But that's such a few, that's such a small percentage of people who died in combat operations. The people who survived is way, way startlingly more. And he was like, first time I was like, Man, if we get engaged in a long-term conflict here, I'm going to fucking die. And that totally changed the way that he then thought 
about that those kinds of conflicts and those kinds of engagements. And and now even the way he trains and he practices and he shoots, it replicates that. And he is no doubt an amazing shooter. He's a great competitor. He's a fucking phenomenal shooter. No doubt I have in my mind that when Neil aims his weapon at something, it's going to fucking get shot. No doubt. The guy's amazing. But talking from an operational perspective, you've got you've to feed that beast. This isn't one engagement. It's, it's 10. It's 15. It's 20. This week, maybe. How are you going to survive that long term? So supply chains are, are an, an, a very, very important issue. Here we talk about stashing shit. Yeah. And now you start talking about what's going to be disrupted. Electricity, toilet paper. As I've always said, as long as the lights still come on and the Wi-Fi still works, people aren't going to fucking do anything because their supply chain still works. They will let their children get fucking kidnapped and raped. They will let their teachers teach their children horrible shit. They will pay high levels of taxes. They will get their freedoms eroded. They will not do anything to protect their liberties. They will not go up against their grandmaster leaders. They will not disrupt the status quo because the lights still come on, the toilet still flush, and the Wi-Fi still works. So now what if none of that happens? How is that disruption in supply chain not only going to affect you, quote unquote, operationally, but how is it going to affect people's ability to join in the cause? Are they going to do whatever it takes to get that system back up and running, i.e. cave even more, i.e. everything that happened during COVID that was proven that the majority of Americans will bend over and take it up the fucking ass? Or are they going to say, no, I don't want to fucking do that again? And so now I'm going to go ahead and fight back, and it's okay if my lights don't turn on. Yeah, right here in my notes. What do you have to lose, and are are you willing Mm -hmm. to lose it? You know? Mm -hmm. My biggest thing is, like, imagine if you somehow rally the troops, right? We're talking about foreign entity invasion. Mm -hmm. You're taking normal, everyday people who maybe they go to the range, maybe they train a little bit, maybe they do whatever, and now you're exposing them to extremely high op tempo, like, Mm. What is the realistic longevity of this all going to be? How mm. long can you can how long can you can sustain that? You know, these people have never gone days, weeks without showers. You know, shitting in holes, all that kind of stuff. So it's like realistically, because you always hear this, like, yeah, me and my buddies, we're all going to rally together and fight the war if it happens. Yeah. And it's like, how long are you going to be able to sustain that for, man? Because these are normal everyday people. Not only that, but logistically, you probably don't have enough stuff because. When you're fighting those big powers to be, they can just keep laying it on and laying it on. Yep. More people. They don't run out of people. Yeah. They don't run out of resources. That's, they don't run out of money. Like, they don't run out of ammo. We were literally just talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. And it's different, but in the same strain as like the legal system, they will just keep hitting you mm-hmm. and hitting you and hitting you to like deplete your resources so heavily that you have to cave. And it's, it's to me, what I think it will be like the same exact thing. And how long were you, like our group of friends? We got a great group of friends, lots of operational experience, lots of cool guy stuff, lots of all that. That's all neat. Most of us who are fathers now were not fathers then. Most of us now have more aches and pains than we used to have. You know, I was giving one of our students a hard time the other day because he's a very, very functional guy who currently in his job does very functional things operationally. And he picked up a water bottle and threw it on his back. Just picked up his water bottle too quickly and threw out his back. 
You know what I mean? Sounds about right. Because he's getting older. You know what I mean? And shit just hurts different, right? It's like, could I maintain the op tempo I could maintain when I was 22 years old? Maybe not. Well, you know, in the fight we were all in back in the day, that not even close to what this would look like. No, I mean you want to look way more violent. There's gonna be so many fucking dead people. Yeah, I mean you want to look local historic. Look at like the Apache Indian when the army was going after him. That's the fight right there. Yeah, yeah, and and they spent a lot of time resting and a lot of time regrouping Mm -hmm. and only chose their fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is one of my notes is very specific targets being hit at very specific times. Mm And then that's it. Like in extended engagements will be worst case scenario. <clears throat> if you can sneak out in the middle of the night, hit a convoy remotely or something like that, like guerrilla ambush style tactics, and then fall back into the woodworking. Just poof, disappear. Exactly. Like that's the only way you'll be able to make some type of dent. Because if you're like, yeah, yeah boys, we're going to establish our forward operating line here and block off this side of the city you and can't then we're going to hold this that. line. I'm like, with what? Where are your tanks? Yeah. That's oh, what you, you don't use have for, tanks? How are you going to establish yeah. blocking positions? Oh, that's a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you don't have air cover? Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not only that, but <laughs> the level of coordination that takes. I mean, these are like company level operations, yeah. which have hundreds of hundreds of guys, resources. A command that staff that's literally an entire headquarters company. Yeah. 200 people whose entire fucking job. Command and control. That's is it. command and control. And not 200 only that. 200 people. But they're away, very far away mm-hmm. from where the mm-hmm. shit is actually happening. So they can focus fully on that. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to be an option there. It's going to be command and control is right I'm here, be right, right now. Right here, making decisions under stress. Right. Yep. Maybe not the stress of gunfire. Maybe the stress of my people starving to death. Maybe. The, and again, we're kind of getting to like the long term yeah. understanding of things. Yeah. But consider this. So so let's go back to the, oh, my God, it happens right now thing. Think about where you are right now. Stop for a second and think. Are you in your car? Are you in your office? Are you in your apartment? Are you in your home? Are you in a metropolitan area? Are you in a county area? Are you out in the middle of the woods? You know, are you in a rural location? Where are you? And, and how quickly is it likely for your area to be affected by natural disaster? government overthrow, um, foreign invading force, right? How quickly is your area going to be targeted? And here's kind of a, a drive-in question here for uh, from one of our, our listeners. What kind of civilian training is even out there for something like this scenario? I mean, who do I shoot first? Monsters running all over the place taking pot shots. How do I stay alive and defend my family the longest? Is that even the yardstick? Length of time I stay in the fight or how effective I am while I'm even in the fight? No is the answer, unfortunately. A lot of the training that I see that gears towards this kind of stuff is experiential type training where you've got some prior service dude screaming and yelling as if that is how we're going to learn lessons. And you've got some prior service dude, usually some inked up, fucking big bearded dude who's like screaming at people get down motherfucker you're so fucking stupid boom you're dead now you run and you do this okay now you and people are like ah and they're running around and then at the end he uses as an example to go see this is why you're not ready and you gotta come to cool guy big dick level two there'll be another eighteen thousand dollars yeah and then they're like oh god thank god you have so much experience i have to come back and learn from you like there's a lot of that jerk off fucking training that i see out there on instagram all right 
where you're not actually learning anything, you're just getting yelled at a lot. You know, this this man training that we've been kind of joking Lord. amongst our team, we've been joking about this fucking man training shit where, you know, guys are like going through hell week from some quote unquote former SEAL and uh, and he's just like who's going to carry the boats, right? And we're doing all this bullshit. We're running around and we're screaming at people. We're half drowning them and they're pulling out. And then at the end of the week, they're like, am I a better man now? You're going to be a better husband and You're going to be a better father, a better husband after you've been through my program. Which, by the way, is where I got that $18,000 mark. Because that was that's how, the exactly price how much it costs. Of this fucking ridiculous <clears throat> program with this guy who is basically just like, Hell weeking people, and it's like, do you want to know why Hell Week is effective for the SEALs? Because they've already, first of all, they've already been in the Navy. All right. Then they've already selected to go to BUDS. Then they've beget and they've already been through pre-BUDS, pre, which yeah, is the thing. All right. So they've already been through pre-BUDS. Now they've they're in BUDS. Now they've been through several weeks. I think Hell Week's like week four or something like that. They've already been through several weeks of like, okay, most of you guys can hang. And now they separate the wheat from the chaff. Now they really just get rid of the people that are going to quit. They just don't want the people who – they don't want anyone who's going to quit to keep going. So they make them quit. If you're going to quit, you're going to quit now, right? And that's what they do. That's the purpose of that program. It doesn't make them better sailors. It doesn't make them better operators. It doesn't do any of that. It just makes them quit because it, it be sucks shitty. so goddamn bad that it just makes them quit. And then after that, like with so many selection programs, after that, it's not that things get easier necessarily – but now more learning takes place. Yeah, they go to like for the Marine Corps, it's like they go for you you go through ANS, mm. which is really shitty, and then they go to OTC, which is like learning mm. the shit. Yeah, it still sucks, but they're learning the skills. And then they come out of buds and they're still not a SEAL. They got the pinned team. with a trident, but that doesn't mean they're gonna go be an operational SEAL on a team somewhere. And then you have the guys who are selected to be on a team somewhere. And then those guys are all doing things that make Hell Week look like fucking child's play. So don't think that you're going to go to one of these experiential things where they're going to be. It was like the old Go Ruck events. I used to go to those. They were a lot of fun. They were fun. And they'd beat you up and they'd grind you down and they'd make you do horrible shit for a day. A day? Are you kidding me? A day? Like, it's not even that hard. And people would quit. Oh, it's so hard. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a day. You can't get through a day. It's not even a full day. It's like 20 hours of just really hard things. You can't get through 20 fucking hours of really difficult shit. You just have to carry heavy things for a long time and then get smoked randomly and then they make you get in the water and do really awful shit and roll around the sand and do all that shit. It's like, and then in the end, you know what you get to do? You know what you get to do? Go home. Take a shower. Not really fucking hard. If that's the option, if that's the availability, it's easy to get through 20 fucking hours. Are you kidding me? You can't even do this and not fucking quit. My point being is that kind of shit doesn't make you better. It's a fun thing that you can go do to have a fun experience with your friends or whatever. It doesn't make you a better man. It doesn't make you a better anything. So when you look at type of training, be careful about going into that experiential shit. And I see a lot of these like infantry tactic style classes where they're like, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get a ruck, 60 pounds. Here's the required packing list. All right. Now, we're going to ruck you over this terrain, and we're going to make you do land nav, and we're going to make you do all this, and we're going to make you do all this, and then you're going to do all this, and you're going to do all that, and then at the end, you're going to be what? 
You got a bunch of fucking fat bodies who aren't even ready. There's no prerequisites. There's no pre-requirements. There's no physical fitness test beforehand. There's nothing that even shows that they're going to do this. Exactly. Gabe's rubbing his fingers together. All this is is about yep. making fucking money. Yep. Now, with the training, to answer the listener's question here more thoroughly, I, you mentioned the SEALs. They do this, the, the higher-end teams. Mm. Go seek out and customize your own training program. <clears throat> so a good buddy of mine used to actually teach this kind of thing. He's uh, He passed a few months ago, but... Uh, what he did when he was asked by some Israelis to do an urban escape and evasion thing, you know what he did? He's like, well, shit, they're asking me about this and lots of cities are on the coast. I'm going to go learn to drive a boat, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, maybe I should learn to pick a lock and maybe I should learn to defeat a freaking bite dog. Mm-hmm. And he just came up with this list of shit he might need and then he sought out experts in all those things. So mm-hmm. where there's not any comprehensive training <clears throat> generally like this, go seek that shit out. I mean, you want to. Learn to build bombs later. Maybe you should learn some electronics and shit mm-hmm. like that. You know, I mean, so go seek that out and customize your own training. And, and then and, it does exist. And be careful about the experiential shit. Like we've mentioned on the show before, we're starting this alumni only program that Gabe and, and our friend John Yeager are going to be heading up. And that's going to be a very specific thing that's going to be dealing with these topics, but not from an experiential point. Like we're going to have a physical fitness standard. Can't meet it. Don't you don't participate. We have prerequisites for classes. Don't have them. You don't participate. You know, we got an attendance requirement. Don't don't meet it. You don't participate. Like it's really fucking easy to do. How many people do we have? Well, currently we have a list of twelve that we're trying to get four out of, right? So we we are already expecting the twelve people that we've hand selected to be on this list. We're expecting eight of them to quit almost immediately. Yeah. And these are people that have trained with us for a long time, and we've really put out there. We expect eight of them to quit, and not meet the minimum bare fucking standards that we're going to set out. That's what we expect. So we're not looking – if you're looking for experiential training, don't. Go learn – I would say go Individual. learn specific skills. Yeah. Yep. Go learn Put specific skills. Put them in your skills. own context. Yeah. You want to go – like you live in the city, you should know how to pick locks. You should know how to pick all the fucking locks. You should carry Silcock keys. You should carry Silcock keys. It may be the only way you're ever going to get fucking water. You should know how to pick all the locks, cylinder locks, pad locks, round locks, all of them. You should, you should carry a set unless she picks with you at least she picks with you at all fucking times. There's no reason if you live in a metropolitan area, you should not have lock picks with you. Are you coastal? Do you know how to sail? You know, shit yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, if I'm on the coast, do you want to get on a fucking boat Naval and make it navigation. do things? Yeah. Because I don't know how to make a sailboat do things. If I don't have an engine, I'm fucked. I also don't live on the coast. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that. Is it a skill I'd like to pick up one day? Yeah, I was actually telling Drew not too long ago, like, I kind of want to learn how to sail. It's actually a damn good time. Yeah. I went and did my first level last year. I remember you were telling freaking me freaking awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to go learn. Yeah. Like, oh, that's really fucking cool. But at, least I have an, uh, at least I have a thing of like, cast the main sail, ahoy. I got a fucking I mean, idea what well, the fuck that even means. Because it's in context <laughs> yeah, here. Because it's be in context here. I didn't get the idea to go learn to sail because I just love the fucking boats and water and all that. Right. I'm in coastal cities all the time. Yeah. So there you go. So here's some other kind of, you know, provoking, thought-provoking ideas here, all right? Most of America, despite what they say, are going to join whatever the invading force is. Or if the government oversteps, they're just going to stick with it. And people are like, not me, man. Not me. You say with fucking eight boosters in your ass. You say while you pulled your kids out of school. You say while you fucking wore masks everywhere you went. I'm sorry. I don't fucking believe you. I don't fucking believe you will stand up. I don't believe you will because you haven't and you won't. goes back to what do you have, you, what do you have to lose and are, are you willing to lose it? There's too much to risk. Yep. The alternative is not yet worse. 
when you look at like kids were watching Hunger Games the other day. Look at the Hunger Games. These people living in a dystopian society were willing to sacrifice just a couple kids a year to keep the system going. And it wasn't like they were just sacrificing these kids. They were then putting these kids into a tournament where they would kill each other. And people were like, well, that's just a book. I don't think so. I think it's a warning. Yep. <clears throat> that the, the more you allow, the more they will take. And then what happened when they started fighting back? The government took it to a whole new level and started slaughtering entire districts and bombing people and doing horrible shit because they're willing to do anything to keep their power. Anything. You don't think they'll fucking pray to the devil? You don't think they'll fucking yeah. get involved with the Masons? You don't think that they'll do all this horrible, god-awful shit? You don't think they'll fuck kids and, and drink their blood if they think that'll make them last longer? Like, you don't think they're willing to do anything, anything to keep their fucking power? They'll do anything to keep it. And that includes bombing your fucking house. You don't think they're willing to drone strike you in downtown fucking Phoenix? Oh, they'll find a way to articulate that. Gasoline. I'm telling you, stateside drone strikes are coming. Just fucking wait. Stateside drone strikes are coming. Yeah. If they're not happening already, they're fucking coming. I think it'll start, too, as like a, uh, we're using it to catch criminals and we're using drones more and that's how they'll soften it up to people. Oh, yeah. And the next thing you know, they're just dropping fucking ordinance on people's heads. But like back to what you're saying about people in power, the powers to be trying to stay that way. I mean, look at some of the shit they already do now overtly, like that Marina Abramovich chick. You, you know who she is? No. Let me fill you in on a Marina Abramovich. So she is a open Satanist and all. Technically, she's a performance artist. She's very famous. She's a, a completely sick human being, and she does these things called spirit cookings. And all these celebrities come to the parties that she throws, and they eat meals out of human bodies. They're not real human bodies, but they're made to look like human bodies, and they eat a whole dinner all dressed in white around these tables. Look up a Marina Abramovich I'm looking at spirit right cooking. By the way, Zelensky put her up to be in charge of Ukraine's... She's Serbian, Drew. Yeah. Their Crazy. board of education or something like that. Some big position in Ukraine she is elected by, by Zelensky to, to take. So these are the type of people that the powers to be are hanging out with. Yeah. And Boy, if that's you, crazy. If you can't tell me that that's some fucking ritual, I'm, I don't know what else to say to you. Well, I'm reading us some of this shit. This is fucking crazy, She's bro. incredibly sick. That's fucking crazy. It's the shit I'm reading right now. So, short term, what do you have for currency? You have to buy things. You have to buy your way home. Someone's driving, you're like, dude, I will fucking give you anything to drive me home. What, are you going to whip out your American dollars in a system where dollars may not be useful? Or like an O-Watt in Argentina where a decimal point was shaved off everything. Yeah. Overnight. Yep. So, like, what do you have? You know, this goes back to what we were talking about a week or two weeks ago, um, you know, with Gabe carrying around, like, you know, a silver coin. Like, carrying around a silver coin in his wallet. Like, hey, man, here's a fucking ounce of silver. This is worth something. Everywhere you go, this is worth something. What is this worth today? It might be worth a ride home. Mm -hmm. It might be worth uh, a ride home and a gallon of water. It might be worth someone hiding you. You know, from a search party that's looking for you. It might be worth that. So carrying around something in currency that's other than American dollars. Because long term, the U.S. dollar collapsing is a serious fucking problem for the entire world. Yeah. But short term, what are you carrying for currency? 
And I, I, there, there was a question that was asked by one of our listeners. Um, and I'll just read it. It says, people think there will be battlefield pickups. I have even heard Glenn say if the shit hit the fan, there will be plenty of weapons and magazines lying on the ground. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. How many battlefield pickups did the Taliban get in Afghanistan when they killed U.S. troops? I mean, up until the point where Biden literally handed over everything to them. So here's the reality of that. A lot. It's how they got night vision. It's how they found M4s. The first time American forces ever faced down M4s. The first time they faced down Mod Deuces. The first time they faced down fucking night vision is all because of battlefield pickups. So because we can't always retrieve our dead, because we can't always retrieve their equipment or their sensitive equipment, um, yes, it is really easy for the enemy to get stuff. So surprisingly, I will answer this question by saying there's a surprising number of battlefield pickups. And, and I would say the opportunity for battlefield pickups, if you're engaged, especially in large-scale conflict like that, I mean, look, we could have picked up any weapons we wanted just about any fucking time. You mm. want a Jishka? You want a fucking AK? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you want? Now, I'm not saying that those were necessarily the weapons you might have wanted, but will there be stuff available on the street? I 100% still believe so. Well, look at what happened in Ukraine right now. There's a ton of that going on. Oh, yeah. Dudes are stripping everyone they could find that's oh, dead for their shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not too unrealistic to say that. Not only that, but shit just gets lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, someone sits down for a fucking fucking break and their shit falls off. The strap breaks and they lose their night vision case in the woods or whatever. And then some enemy combatant comes along and finds it. But beware of the battlefield pickup when you didn't see it drop. So the thing is, if you didn't put it there, you don't pick it up. Yep. So let that let that be a underneath that mag. Yeah, let that be a reminder to everybody because all three of us sitting in this room will tell you if you didn't put it there, you don't pick it up. Much like if it's wet and not yours, don't touch it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like Adele's favorite saying. Adele's favorite saying. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah, if I don't put it there, I don't pick it up. You come along a grenade sitting there, don't pick it up. You come along a magazine sitting there, don't pick it up. You come along, oh, is that an American pouch? Don't fucking pick it up. It's probably been booby-trapped. Don't fucking pick it up. If you didn't put it there, don't pick it up. So think about, you know, the, your, your local, like, immediately in this environment. Let's use a government overthrow immediately, in my opinion, immediately, everyone who works for the government is not to be trusted. Yeah. Immediately. Until... Until time has passed and they've been proven otherwise. Yeah. Immediately, they're not to be trusted. Immediately assume that they are enemies of, the, of you, that they are working for the system. And that sucks. That's going to be your cop friends. Yeah. You're a cop and you're like, oh, not me, bro. Okay, but also not you in my eyes. I would go further than that and anyone not in your immediate already pre-planned tribe. Right. Well, and this is what we already talked about, right? But uh, if you're not in the circle before it happens, you're not in the circle after it happens. But more specifically, when it comes to people who are in the, you know, work for the government, like automatically, I don't care if it's a fucking postal worker, automatically consider them a snitch, automatically consider them in the system. These are people who already willingly every day go to work for a corrupt organization and corporation that fucks children. So already they do, Ooh, not me, bro. Yes, you. Yes, you. Oh, maybe your police chief doesn't fuck children. Maybe. But you still work for a government organization that in the end winds up to somebody somewhere being an evil, Masonic, demonic, child fucking piece of shit. But my pension, okay, man, you fucking sell it however you need to, okay? You fucking sell your soul for whatever you fucking need to. Go down to the VA, get their fucking drugs, get their fucking money, get hooked on their shit, and then tell me that those guys are going to say no to any kind of government overreach 
when they're getting paid every fucking month, their drugs are being paid for, their health care is being paid for, their home loans being paid for, you're telling me these guys are going to suddenly fucking join up with me? Get fucked. So, from an immediate standpoint, there's some questions that we got sent that are more like long-term shit. But an immediate sense, I would say, would be look at your local um, ecology and consider how power outages would affect you. Like in Arizona in the summertime, power goes out, people are dying. Oh, yeah. So do you have a way to keep the power going in your house? Do you have simple battery backup generators? Do you have non-loud generators like the Jackery generators? That, for example, like I bought one recently. They're fucking amazing. They can be yep. solar recharged. They're good for like 10,000 cycles. You can solar recharge them. You can run AC. You can run all kinds of shit off of them. Do you have the capability in your college? What if it's freezing cold where you are? What if it rains all the time? Do you have a way to dry your stuff off? You can't keep wearing the same wet shit every day. It's not going to fucking work. So if your power goes out, your gas goes out, your services are disrupted, how are you going to manage ecology? Yeah, those jackeries, the cheapest one is about 130 bucks. Can't power a whole lot off it. What's the The most 1, expensive one is about 2500 bucks, but that's that coming the with this. So that one's a 3,000, 3, uh, 400 I've a, watt. I've got a 3,300 EcoFlow Delta. Yeah. It's incredible. Wait oh for them to God. go on sale because I bought my I bought my Jackery 1,000 for 850 bucks on sale during like Prime Day or whatever. And they sent me two free 150-watt uh, panels with it. Yeah. So the 1,000 is 1,600 bucks right now on Amazon. Yeah, it's wait for it to on, go on sale, sale It'll from go on 21. Sale. It'll go on sale even more. Again, yeah. during like Prime Day. So look, you got Black Friday coming up. You got Christmas sales coming up. Those are great things. You know, in addition to the Jackery, Anchor is another, or Anchor, however the fuck you say it, A-N-K-E-R, another great. They're just more expensive, but they are better units. Goal zeros are pretty good, too. Goal zeros are awesome. Goal zeros are really good. So you, you're talking about ecology, something, I mean, similar. Do you stay or do you go? And there may, we make fun of people that say, I'm going to bug out, but we were just talking about somebody in New York City. Yeah. You can't stay there. I'm sorry. You're I don't know. See, I, I disagree. I think that if I'm in a giant apartment building hide pretty well. that's full of supplies and capability to defend, booby trap, whatever. I'm not saying. I mean, an urban environment where there's people stacked on people. I, I'm, I mean, yeah, but most of those people are going to leave or die pretty fucking fast. And, and a die. lot of people, here's the problem. It, where do you bug out to? So you're in New York. How do you leave? Well, yeah, you need on it, foot. And that was my point there is I've had people ask me all the time, like, you know, with my previous company, they're like, hey, what do I pack for a bug out bag? I'm like, do you have a location? Do you have a plan to get there? Do you have caches along the way? You've got to have all this shit in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not just going to throw a ruck on and hike 50 fucking yards <laughs> out in, or 50 fucking miles out in the yeah. woods and then set up and live off the land. Like, I, I know I know incredibly skilled hunters who don't always fill their tags. You're not going out in the woods and living off the land. In a place like Arizona, you're not going, I'm going to go fishing. No, you're not. There's no place where you catch that kind of fish to that kind of consistency where you can live off a of fish or live off of whatever. Like, my problem with living off the land is the land's been so fucked yeah. uh, that it's really hard to, it, all the rivers have been diverted and, and the weather's been altered and a thousand other things have happened that don't make the land what it used to be. Yeah, the only reason like the settling thing worked in the first place way back when is because the land was so the land was so plentiful in some places. And it was untouched. Yeah. It was there was no organization, corporation drilling. And you here. weren't doing it solo, you had doing, a tribe. Yeah. yeah, and I also had people with me. Yeah. yeah. And people who were skilled in doing that. But yeah. I guess I guess my point is is bug out is not necessarily out of the realm, but man, it's some pretty specific circumstances. The only time, whoops, the only time I think I would really want to bug out is if my primary location became 
compromise. Like I have to leave because again, if I'm bugging out, I'm bugging out with a wife and kids. And quite honestly, yeah. they, I, I love my wife and kids. They cannot keep up with me. Well, and that's when I say specific circumstances. Like, yeah. dude lives alone wherever, has yeah. a place to go and a plan to get there. And now I got to fight. Yeah. I may have to fight out of here. Yeah. Now I got to fight with yep. wife and kids. Okay, Drew can fight, so I'm not worried about that part, but not the kids. So now I'm fighting and worrying about my kids. I can't do that. And then someone gets injured and you're fucked. And yeah, now someone gets hurt. Now, fuck, we just slowed our pace by 50%. Yeah. Or maybe have to hole up completely altogether. So yeah, bugging out, in my opinion, is the worst possible fucking plan and should only be done in the most extreme circumstances. I think that having a really good rejoin and rally plan is way more beneficial than having a yep. an exfil in, in this type of circumstance. Kind of like the ape together strong thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's... Dude, if they're everywhere, like, you're not making it on the roads. You're no. not driving your car. There's going to be checkpoints. You're being points. surveilled. Be, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. you're not getting out. So what can you do where you are, where you are at to fortify, blend in, and, and last as long as you can? Yeah. The bug out thing to me just doesn't seem Yeah, like I said, very, very realistic. specific circumstances yeah. where it'd be feasible. Yeah. yeah. Drew, you've said, like, nothing this show. Don't you have any great input? I know you're working over there, but you're doing your work. Um, I mean, you guys pretty much said it. Oh, you always fucking Because <laughs> you guys always talk about stuff. Anything I add or try to add, someone already has either said it or is on the way to say it. I mean, I think that leaving is not the best possible option, but I think, you know, we were talking earlier I was looking at it from the whole totality of everything of staying put and making sure that everybody in your tribe is good at fucking something someone needs to learn how to sew someone needs to be a good gardener because without that i mean you're fucking dead off the get-go from a from a female instructor perspective and seeing ladies and seeing the variety of different skill sets body types fitness levels etc etc if you were going to say hey here's a couple of things that women need to be worried they want to be ready to assist in a time like this which is historically more of a male-dominated activity. Revol- I think women should learn how to Civil sew War. clothes and sew gear because that's going to be one of the biggest contributing factors that can help is the fact that maintaining clothing. I mean, you have to have good clothing. You have to have good footwear. You have to have good packs that are going to be able to hold as much gear. And if you're in a Red Dawn type of situation, you can't just go buy something new. You can't just automatically place it. I think that people need to be realistic and, you know, these men, these as Adele loves to say, these barrel-chested war fighters mm. need to be fed. And they need to expel more energy than the rest of anybody who's not fighting, so they need more food. And so I think that's one of the things that people don't consider is the fact that these barrel-chested war fighters are going to eat even more than you guys do now. And you guys eat a fucking time. I mean, look what mm. I cook. I cook for an entire Serbian army. But, I mean, the majority of the food is eaten. And if you're now running and gunning and, and land naving and doing all this other stuff around looking for different things and, you know, blowing up planes and all that kind of shit, you're going to double the intake of your nutrition that you need. And who's going to be able to provide that? You can't just go to a McDonald's and buy food. Sorry, Trent. 
<laughs> Fucking gross, dude. I can't believe that guy eats it. Well, I mean, to tag, to tag onto you there, too, also long-term medical. You know, we talk yeah. about trauma a lot, but what about that mm. long-term where someone, no doctor's fucking coming? You need someone you know? who's going to be who, who's gonna be proficient for a surgeon. Yep. Like, you need... So, I mean, the way that I look at it is because I am that type A personality, and I'm very... Um, analytical with things and I like to make my graphs and everything else and and have plans but I mean realistically look at the community and what people are contributing to it is are there people who can sew people back together are there what about medicine I mean stockpile medicine like the hard medicine you never know when you're going to need them you know what if we have to amputate somebody's foot do we have the necessary tools to do so what about, you know... And shit like that may not even be a long-term thing. That might be short-term if it right. yeah. all hits at once, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like everybody should have... Uh, I've posted <laughs> it before on our alumni forum just about skills that are dying. What about w- carpentry? Someone should probably learn how to be a good carpenter so they could either build furniture, build whatever it could possibly be, do something. I mean, these, these skills that have been dwindling down over the last I would say 50 years we need to rebring all those skills back because look at all the self-sufficient people back in the day I mean even in the 50s how many people relied just on themselves the majority of the people did not live in cities and even when they did live in cities they were still making their own butter making their own whatever and I think it's a dying thing that should be coming back because it's not just about you're going to be in a gunfight 24 7 because you're not you also have to survive and live. And what happens if you don't know how to do any of those other stuff and all you know how to do is just pick up a gun and fight? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I'll kind of wrap up what I have to say today with <clears throat> the idea of, and I hope we've, throughout just kind of our general discussion amongst all of us, given you guys some things to think about. But you know, I'll go back to, you know, one of, my, one of my old buddies used to say, which is, if all you are is good at shooting, we have no use for you. Yeah. Specialization is for insects. Yep. Yep. Robert Heinle quote. So, uh, fitness moment with Drew. Um, I would say have good music. Often people do stuff in the quiet, and sometimes that's a good motivating factor, but a lot of people really like to listen to music when they're working out because it kind of takes them on a different place and they can either motivate them. Sometimes when I'm running, I like to listen to Five Finger Death Punch or I like to listen to Zach Brown, you know? So find something that's good for you and, and uh, use that. And and for running, I actually don't listen to either of those things. I listen to um, Odessa a lot on Spotify because it's I can keep my rhythm and my beat with my feet to the music. So depending on if I want to go fast or slow or whatever. But yeah, so pick out some good music and, and jam out and enjoy your workout. I pretty much almost don't work out or run without music. Yeah. I always have it. Yep. I can't do it without it. It keeps people focused or, you know, listen to a podcast, you know, something to keep you occupied so you're not wanting to quit because you're like, ah, I'm sore. And you're going to get in your own head, which happens a lot to people. So You can listen to the arms room. As I like to say, our show makes great background noise. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Fitness Moment with Drew brought to you by MRC Phoenix McKellar Running Club uh, meeting Monday nights at Chupacabra 630 Wednesday nights at Dad's Eatery in Scottsdale at 630 Chupacabra over in Mesa so if you want to come run walk jog or otherwise get in better shape uh, come and join us at the Run Club 
You remember, you can bring us out to train with you, get hosting information via email, info at trainingaz.com is our email. We'll give you all the information about how to tr- get us to travel out to you. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show, Independence Training, and MRC Phoenix. We're proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out the other shows uh, on the network as well as the other services that Heroes Media Group provides, which is a multitude of services in the multimedia industry. Next week, all of us are going to be in the studio again. We're going to be talking about necessary concepts for good leadership. Until then, stay where, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms Room.